All right. Thursday, August 25th. Hitting, hitting our loyal listeners with, this, with a little quick solo John Gooch college football preview. Not preview. I'm at, that, that's a lie. Just a week one preview and some of the bets I have for the season. I didn't really have the time like I did last year to dive into what my full-fledged predictions would be. Um, maybe I'll give you guys a little off-the-dome off playoff prediction at the end, but this is more so just going over some of the bets I have and then previewing week zero here as we are within the 48-hour window of um, <clears throat> the kickoff in Dublin. Um, all right, really, really excited for the season to be here and excited to share some of these plays with you guys. I mean, I don't know, a little on, on a personal note, I left the state of Michigan uh, a little over six months ago, so this is now my first, or not my first, but my first football season technically while gambling's been legal in Michigan that I haven't been in Michigan. So it's more difficult to get down on bets that you want. It's more difficult to find value, and that has resulted in me passing up on a lot of uh, futures that I otherwise would have taken. Um, and I don't want to brag because some of those lines have moved in the opposite direction of, of where, you know, I wanted them at, but, but more so more of them have moved in the, in my favor. And it's, it's tough to, tough to see that. Um, most notably Arizona over two and a half, which is now I think three or three and a half and Louisville over five and a half, which is now six or six and a half. Those are the two that I really, really missed out on. But we move on, we persevere, um, and we adapt. We, we, we adapt to our, to our surroundings and to what's going on in our lives. So without further ado, further ado, I don't know what the difference is, but we're going to start. Um, so I made a handful of bets in June. Uh, a few of them I kind of regret. I was trying to be opportunistic, but I'm going to be fair to my listeners here and tell you guys all the bets and kind of what I think about them now, uh, a few months later, and then give you some of my week zero and week one bets, starting out with the Purdue under seven and a half. Um, I don't love this bet. I may, I mostly just took this one in June because of a very, very basic line of logic that Purdue had a great year last year, but they also lost their best player on offense in David Bell and their best player on defense in George Karloftis. I like Aiden O'Connell a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think this team is definitely capable of winning eight games. I think they're headed in the right direction, but they've got a pretty tough schedule, and that opening game against Penn State is probably going to hold a lot of weight uh, as to whether or not they're going to ultimately win eight games this year. Uh, I know it's going to be a raucous environment in West Lafayette, with that being the week one Thursday night opener. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not I'm not super happy I'm holding this ticket, but I'm also, you know, it's kind of a wait-and-see kind of thing. None of these bets I made early, uh, I put that much on. So I have the luxury of being kind of callous about it or whatever. Um, the next one is Tennessee under 7.5, plus 145. I like that a lot still. I think you can still get it. I know Tennessee was probably a top 15 team last year. They made a huge step forward with Coach Josh Heupel in year one. 
I think Hendon Hooker probably overperformed a little bit. Uh, in this schedule, man, I mean, out of conference, you get Pitt, which I don't think is the toughest game in the world. But, man, this SEC schedule is a gauntlet. And I, I think that some people are probably overestimating, most people are probably overestimate, overestimating Tennessee a little bit. And this is kind of just a fade of that. I think that as I look over the schedule, 7-5 and five seems like the most realistic outcome to me. And the fact that I can get plus money on that, uh, I'm not of the contingency of people who thinks Tennessee is going to be an 8 or 9 win team this year. I just don't really see it. Um, you know, I'll be... I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong if I if 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 they do that and they indeed have kind of like they definitely got the right guy on Hypel if they can win eight games or nine games this year but I think that there are going to be some more growing pains than people may expect there um, and I don't really necessarily think it'd be a huge step back for them to go seven and five I just think that the bar and the expectations are probably set a little bit too high um, here's a bet I love in USC under nine and a half I got it at plus one thirty five. That line has moved a little bit. I don't really know where it's at specifically right now, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm again, another team. I could see USC winning 10 games. I feel like almost everything would have to go right for them to win 10 games, and I'm just kind of fading the year one Lincoln Riley free agency transfer portal kind of experience here at USC. I think the defense is below average. I think the offensive line is mediocre. Um, you got great skill positions. You got obviously Caleb Williams is a guy who played at times looked like the best quarterback in college football last year. At other times looked fairly pedestrian. He's still learning, I think, how to be a consistent quarterback, which is a very difficult thing to do. But again, I mean, with the media and with the quarterback position, a lot of these guys get hyped up, and you don't really know if they're all they're cracked up to be. It seems like out of every five guys that gets hyped up, only one of them ends up kind of holding. Holding, holding his water or whatever the term is, holding, holding, holding his salt and proving his worth, maybe even like one out of every 10. Because these guys like, you know, I'm not even trying to like bash anybody, but like Will Levis and, and Tyler Van Dyke is a better example. Caleb Williams, guys where the sample size, Levis isn't, Levis I guess has a fairly big sample size, but still just media, like Josh Allen hype. It's just like these, this quarterback hype is getting kind of ridiculous, and I think it's unfair to a lot of the players, and I don't think it bodes well for them. I think that with these quarterbacks, you got to really have the approach of like wait and see, wait and see, and then they'll surprise you at times. Sometimes they'll disappoint you, but to anoint these guys as like all stars before they've even played, you know, I don't even know how many games Caleb Williams has started, maybe six or seven. Uh, I think it's it's a difficult thing to do, and I don't think he's really proven it yet. So I'm going to fade USC. I think that. They could have trouble against Oregon State. I think they're going to have trouble against UCLA. They obviously play Notre Dame. Um, there are some games in there where I think USC is probably going to struggle, and I think that nine wins isn't necessarily a bad year. I'm just I'm just saying they're not going to win ten games getting plus money. So uh, I like that. Here's my uh, let me say this is my biggest win total bet of the. Uh, year right now, and it will probably stand that way. Um, and that's Utah over eight and a half. Like I'm a Utah guy. I've been a Utah guy for a few years now. I, I felt vindicated last year. If you guys listened to my preview, I had the ticket on them to win the Pac-12. Um, I'll be. I'll admit. I mean, dude, they surprised me. I was. I was kind of under the impression Charlie Brewer would be the guy to come in and save this program. Uh, from a quarterback standpoint, and and it sounds funny saying that now because he was terrible, and Cam Rising came in and completely was 
everything I thought Charlie Brewer could be and more. Really well-coached team. They get a lot back on defense. This has just been a defensive powerhouse in the Pac-12 for the better part of the last uh, 10, 15 years. And now they kind of have the offensive prowess to boot. So this is a Utah team that I think should be the odds-on favorite to win the Pac-12 for good reason. I think that this season would be a disappointment if they don't win the Pac-12. And I'll tease a little bit now, and this is another thing where we'll get into it, but Utah was a line when that was a pick 'em going into the swamp. I don't want to hear about the humidity. I, I'll take Utah all day in that pick 'em. I, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it because I'm not in the state of Michigan, so I had to get it at minus two and a half. That that is a bet I made for week one, and I think that that's going to do wonders for this win total if they can go into Gainesville um, and win that game, especially with the history of Pac-12 teams visiting SEC schools. Is not very good, but anyway, I think Utah will win that game. I think Utah will win nine plus this year. And I'm looking for big things out of Cam Rising and company. Two other quick Heisman bets I made. These are the only two Heisman bets I made. Uh, Travion Henderson at 80 to 1, the running back from Ohio State, and Bajan Robinson at 50 to 1, running back from Texas. It's kind of turned into a bit of a quarterback award. I know Devonta Smith won it a couple of years ago, but maybe if they if these if either of these guys have monster years, which they absolutely could, I just want them to be in the running so I can get in a position where I can probably make money off this bet. Uh, they're both plus EV or whatever, like these lines have changed. I think Robinson's closer to like 30 to 1 and Henderson's closer to 50 to 1. Um, I wanted to take a Jaron Hall flyer at 150 to 1. I couldn't get it. Uh, what else? Did I, I wanted to take a Will Shipley flyer at 125 to 1. I couldn't get it. And what else did I want to take? I think that might have been it, but those are guys I couldn't get. If you can get those, I would suggest taking those. If I was in the state of Michigan, I probably would have gotten those. Um, and then I guess this is like a little bit of a... I saw the the Spencer Rattler Heisman odds. They were something like, I think, like eighty to one is the best I ever saw them. Maybe maybe like sixty to one. They're now I think like eighteen to one. I got Spencer Rattler to be the number one pick in the draft at a hundred to one. So I think if he wins the Heisman, his chances of being the number one pick are probably pretty high. Um, so that's another kind of quasi Heisman bet I had. Uh, moving back to win totals. These are ones I made more recently than June. So these are kind of some of the more recent ones. This is my favorite bet of the offseason outside of Utah, I guess. But quite frankly, this was one of this is my favorite bet before Utah. I thought Utah's win total was nine. Um, and I realized it was eight and a half and was like, whoa, that's a that's a really good bet. West Virginia over five and a half. And you hear a lot of mixed reviews about this West Virginia team. Uh, if I cite Josh Pate. He's on the over. Guys like Bud Elliott and company over there at, at that podcast, uh, they, they're all on the under. Uh, a lot of people, this is a stay away. A lot of transfers in the secondary, JT Daniels. I'm a JT Daniels guy. I like the coach, Neil Brown. I think he's kind of on the hot seat. I don't think the Big 12 is especially competitive from a high-level standpoint. I think there's a big middle in the Big 12. And... All I hear is this hullabaloo about the West Virginia out-of-conference schedule, and it's like you play Pitt, you play Virginia Tech, and Towson. I guess Pitt and Virginia Tech, like that's tough. I think Pitt's overrated, and Virginia Tech's in like a full rebuild. Now, it's not to say West Virginia's clearly better than both those teams, but I'll tell you this. West Virginia's first four games are at Pitt. I think they're home to Kansas, home to Towson, and at Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. I fully expect this team to go 3-1 and one in those games. 
the quarterback position is figured out. If JT Daniels can stay healthy, I know that's a big if. Jarrett Dagey was a disaster for this team. Neil Brown needs to win six or more games to get to a bowl game. The win total is five and a half. Brown will be fired if he does not win six games. I like Graham Harrell. He's the offensive coordinator now. I think a lot of people are sleeping on West Virginia, and I think that the fact that they're not being considered in this Big 12 smorgasbord underneath Baylor, Texas, and Oklahoma when you get the Kansas States, the TCUs, the uh, Iowa States of the world, I think West Virginia should be in that conversation. Uh, I think this is a team that should expect to win six or more games. I could even see them making a run for the Big 12. I know that might sound crazy, but... uh, Hey, man, if JT Daniels can play to his potential in that five-star level, which we – it's not like we haven't seen it. We've seen it. It just didn't work at Georgia because Georgia doesn't need that. And he blew his knee out at USC and, and Slovis took over. So that's another game I'm really looking forward to on the opening Thursday a week from today uh, is the Backyard Brawl at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Another game that's really big for this over. But it's five and a half, guys. I mean I, – I'm not like a West Virginia historian, or I don't really know that much about who left. I know they lost some transfers. They got some transfers in. From what I hear, this is the best the offensive line has been in a few years. If they can keep JT Daniels upright, I know they're limited from a weapon standpoint. I think it's a well-rounded team, though, and I don't think the conference is going to overwhelm them. This is a team that I think can win any game on their schedule, probably could lose any game on their schedule too, but I think with good quarterback play, they will ultimately get to six wins or more. Took a flyer on them at 40-1 to one to win the Big 12. Yes, I like West Virginia a lot. You can laugh at me later if it doesn't work out. But I think this is a team that at the very least is going to win six games. I really do. I have, I have a strong feeling about that. So I'm going to stick on that one. Moving forward, this is a bet I regret, but I took it. And it's Texas over eight and a half. Uh, the line has moved against me a little bit. I think like 20 bucks. Or 20 cents, I guess, is the term terminology. Yeah, I don't love it. I think they could win nine games. I think it's more of an eight and eight and four kind of year, maybe even seven and five. I don't love Quinn Ewers. I think he's a little overrated. I think Bijan Robinson is obviously the best player on the offense. Xavier Worthy, an incredible receiver. It sucks that Isaiah Nair got hurt, the transfer from Wyoming. Apparently he was going to come in and do big things. Um, hopefully they can replace that level of talent. I think this is a team that's going to get waxed by Alabama week two. I'm going to be chomping at the bit to get that look ahead line and lay anything I need to with Alabama. I think Alabama is going to take care of business in that game. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone taking this over. I took it. I will probably try to take an opportunity to hedge it at some point, but not a huge level bet. So Texas over eight and a half, just being transparent. Regret that one, but it's on my little short list here. Um, so those are all my futures. And now, again, this is like I would have taken way more flyers if I was in Michigan. I'm not. Um, I think UCLA to win the Pac-12 is interesting. I think Louisville to win their division in the ACC is kind of interesting. Just long shots on on teams that you put down a little bit to get a lot back. I think that it's never really a bad idea if you have a, a, a strong feeling about a certain team. Um I wasn't super prepared to, to say all the other bets I would have made, but I guess it doesn't really, it ultimately doesn't matter because I'm not going to make them. So moving on, these are my week zero and week one bets. I have not made any plays on look ahead lines or anything like that. This is strictly week zero and week one. I'm going to start with week zero. I have a half unit wager on North Texas to beat UTEP uh, at a pick'em. 
I have a half unit wager on Illinois minus 11 versus Wyoming. I would have really liked to get this at a lower number, but again, uh, I can only do with what the books are offering me, and there's some finagling to get those bets in in Michigan that I just can't do all the time. So I'm going to lay the 11 with the Illini. I still would do that. I think they're going to win that game comfortably. Um, I think Illinois could be a little bit of a sleeper team in the Big Ten this year. I think that's it for week zero. So now we're on to week one. Uh, We'll start with the Thursday game, and that's West Virginia plus seven at Pitt. Already got through talking about West Virginia. I'll take the full touchdown with them. I think this will be a close game. I took them plus 230 on the money line as well. Uh, I think this is a game West Virginia wins on the field. I think it's close in the fourth quarter. I think Keaton Slovis is overrated. I think Pitt is overrated. They lost their two best players in the history of that, not in history, but in the last like 20 years of that offense. They lost their two best players in Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. I know you got that transfer, Kanata Mumphrey, in. I know you got Slovis in. I haven't seen Slovis play good ball in like two and a half years. I, I don't think that Pitt is the overwhelming juggernaut of the ACC that they were last year. Sure, their defense is good. I think West Virginia is going to be able to score some points and surprise some people in the underdog role there. And there's definitely going to be some emotions in the building with the, with the backyard brawl kind of energy pumping through the stadium. So I took West Virginia on the spread and on the money line. I have Rice plus, or actually I'll go uh, Central Michigan because that's a Thursday game playing at, at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. I put a half unit on them plus 21. I think three touchdowns is too much. I think Lou Nichols, the running back for Central Michigan, very well might be the best player on the field. Um, and if I can get 21 points with that, I think that Oak State might score 40, but I think Central Michigan might score 28 or something like that. So maybe I'm crazy and I should be betting the over, but I think this will be a closer game than people think. I think Central Michigan is one of the better teams in the MAC, um, and Oak State might be still working out some some kinks week one, but that's a half unit play for me. I'm not overly confident about it. It's more of like a Lou Nichols bet. I have Rice plus 35 at USC. That's just too many points, man. I just don't, I just don't see USC coming out of the gate and putting like 70 points up on Rice. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but they're going to need to do that. I think. Um, in order to win this game by 35 plus, I just think that Rice is going to be pretty disciplined and, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's almost 40 points and I don't like USC. I think they're overrated. So this, I think this line should be closer to 28 than 35. That's kind of all I have to say about it. Um, and last but not least, I have the Michigan Wolverines minus 27 hosting Colorado State. Yeah, I, I think Michigan uh, is going to comfortably win this game. I'm excited to see what Michigan's going to be able to do offensively. I think they're going to be able to score points every time they get the ball against Colorado State and get this season off to a hot start. So that's everything for right now. I'll try to keep you guys updated as the season goes on. Um, and thank you for listening. I'm very excited for this college football season, and I hope y'all are too. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.